It's time for Heatwave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heatwave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. And we are back at it, Las Vegas. Welcome on in, Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM, 13.40 AM. It's Tim Unglesby and Damon Cotton with you here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And my co-host in New York City from TomBartonSports.com, Tommy Barton. Tom, good to be back on with you. Yeah, it uh, feels like we haven't talked in a long time. It's only a week, uh, you know, that, that we miss, but... It always feels like so long when you're talking about a sports calendar. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's so there's much, so going, much on going on in a small, in a small amount, amount of time. time. One sport in. A bit of time on but there's also the NFL. Always something going on in the National Football League. Yeah, and we had a big something going on. I mean, what went on this week here, Tim, is going to cause ripple effects throughout the league. And you could... I don't think it's overstating that it's going to send ripple effects throughout the league, Tim, for decades to come. I mean, literally decades to come for one trade that went down. Because when you start to break it down, and we will get into it, when you start to break down the dominoes that fall, Tim, this is going to impact a lot of teams. So let's look, so let's at, the look at the deal. It's, it's Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold from the Jets, from the Jets to the Panthers. To the Panthers. In return, in return, it's a, a sixth six this, year, this year, a second, a and, second a and a fourth next year. next year. Yeah, look, on its surface, I, I think we have to look at this two different ways, right? And this is how I've looked at this trade that the Jets made. We have to look at this in evaluating the trade itself, and then I believe that we have to look at this um, going deeper down into it. So the trade itself, I'm pretty shocked. Pretty shocked that the Jets couldn't get more than what they got. I think it was a paltry return. Future draft picks in future years are never as valuable as this year. Let's be honest. When you break this trade down, Tim, what this becomes is a second rounder next year. Right. Right. I mean, that that's really what it is. And that's it. Because a sixth rounder or you know, doesn't mean anything. You know, you're hoping the guy doesn't get cut. A fourth rounder you're hoping that the guy is maybe a second stringer. So you're hoping that that second rounder becomes something. I don't like what the Jets gave up. I don't, I, or, I, don't, I don't like what the Jets got back, I should say. I don't like that. So I want to kill the Jets here. But, Tim, I got to be honest. And what I've said time and time again, and I, I say this about every sport, about every team, whether I agree with the team or not, I always tell teams, buy into the philosophy that you're trying to sell. Go all in, right? And they went all in on whoever the number two pick is going to be. Right or wrong, there's no quarterback controversy. There's no concern. There's no worry. There's no if, what, we don't know. You know, let's let him play it out. Uh, Let him play, sit for a year. No, no, no. They're saying, you know what? Not only do we believe in the guy that we're going to take at number two, not only are we going to go all in and say he's going to be our next quarterback, we're also going to take it a little step further and say, now we think he can handle the pressure 
of his entire career being compared to Sam Darnold and what he's going to do in Carolina. And not only do we believe that he's going to be able to handle the pressure, we think Sam Darnold is is so not good, <laughs> you know, that we don't even need help for our new guy this year. I think it's a stupid philosophy, okay? But I respect them for doing what I, I've said to do for a long time, and that is just commit. Commit to your guy. Now, I don't think it's a bad idea to get rid of Sam Darnold. I was on the fence. I, I believe that they should have gotten more. And I think they could have gotten more had they been more reactionary early on. I think the Chicago Bears would have given them more than what they did for Andy Dalton, for example. Um, I believe that the Patriots may have been a talker. Well, you don't want to give Sam to a, a division rival. I get it. Okay. There are teams that could have, have had a conversation. So, once again, I think the Jets bungled this. I don't think they got back what they should have gotten back, but the end result is still the same. The New York Jets are going to have a new quarterback. Sam Donald's going to Carolina, and at the end of the day, the Jets committed to whoever their new quarterback is, and I like that philosophy. Can we, Can we peel the onion a little bit on Donald? You know, for me, it's more like this is a Joe Douglas move in that he's the new GM, Tom, who wants to decide... Who is new quarterback? Basically, have his job fate in his hands. It's not going to be Sam Darnold. Because other than an injury, injury issue last year, last year can't really can't blame, blame Darnold for the team's ineptness of, of, of trying to put talent, talent around, around him. You know, I've been sticking up for Sam Darnold for a little while here, but there are some realities we have to come to, Tim. And the realities are this: Sam Darnold had a fantastic pro day. Sam Darnold had a USC offense. That beat up on bad teams. When Sam Donald came out, that's kind of what I said about him, you know, and, and I'm going to stick with that. I wasn't sure if Sam Donald was the can't-miss guy, and there's nothing wrong with being very good or good, right? I think Sam Donald has what it takes to be good, never to be great. You know who lasts in this league and getting paid a lot of money to be very good, to, to be just good and not even very good? A guy like Kirk Cousins, right? He's good. I would say a guy like Matt Stafford is very good. I would say that Sam Donald, he might get to that level. But, but that's kind of where his limits are. And I believe that with Joe Douglas, he's sitting back and, and they're looking at next year as well. Talking to draft scouts and talk, talking to draft analysis uh, and looking at the college landscape of next year, there's not going to be a good quarterback draft next year. So if you go out there and you say, all right, we'll give Sam one more year, well, you have two things that are going to happen. Either A, he's going to succeed, or B, he's going to fail. If he fails, what are you going to do? You're going to be the one looking for the Andy Dalton, Nick Foles types. You know, hopefully, uh, maybe get a Trubinsky. You're now two years behind the ball. If he succeeds, well, then you got to pick up that fifth-year option. you got to pay him and, and potentially give him a huge contract. So it was a situation where Sam Donald almost had to go, but I don't want to sit back and say it wasn't all his fault. The Jets have a bad offensive line. The Jets had a terrible head coach, and Adam Gacy ruins everybody. Um, the New York Jets had no weapons. I get that. But in a clean pocket, Tim, Sam Donald still ranked in the bottom five in the league in a clean pocket at you know completion percentage. That's, that's just not good. He's a good quarterback at best. This is not a guy. Sam Donald's not going to Carolina and winning an MVP. You know, and I, I don't even think Carolina thinks that. I don't think that they're, they think they're buying into it. I think they think he could be an adequate guy. 
can an adequate quarterback take you to the Super Bowl? And forget about the Trent Dilfer stuff. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the ceiling of Sam Donald. I, I think that uh, Kirk Cousins is the ceiling of Sam Donald. They're good quarterbacks, Tim, but they're not great quarterbacks. And oftentimes we get so infatuated with, do they have to be great? I don't think they have to be great. And I think Carolina knows that Sam Donald won't be great, but they're okay with good right now. I guess the I guess question, the question would, be, would be, does Donald, does Donald have a better, have a better chance, chance to be a winning a quarterback, quarterback Carolina? Carolina? And I think the answer obviously would be yes, yes Tom, Tom, with Matt Rule, Matt Rule as, the coach. as the coach. You have yep. one of the best, of the best running, backs running backs in the league behind, behind you, you, and you have better and you receivers. receivers. Um, um, it appears they're going to pick up the fifth year anyways, Tommy. So Carolina is all in on Sam Darnold. And, 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 you know, and, you, know uh, you can't blame him, right? right? Upgrade over, over Bridgewater. Yeah, I, I mean, look. <laughs> is he, though? <laughs> and this is the question. Look, I just kind of stuck up for Sam Darnold a little bit. But I do think that we have to have a question of, is he? Is he truly better uh, than, than Teddy Bridgewater? Look, he's going to win the job. He's minus 400 right now to open up opening day. I get it. He's going to win the job. But the reality is here, guys, uh, I don't know if he should. I think that Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, they're about the same. Teddy Bridgewater can win you some games, man, right? And they're about the same. And guess what? Here's the problem. Caroline's going to try to unload Teddy Bridgewater. No one's going to take that contract. Teddy's going to be on that bench, man. And is there a possibility that Teddy Bridgewater starts this year? Yeah, absolutely. If Sam doesn't do well, they're going to throw in Teddy. He's got that laying over his shoulder. I like the direction that Caroline is going. I like the young coach. I like the defense's first mentality. Of course, everybody likes McCaffrey. He's got some uh, wide receivers to play with, real fast guys. There's some good there. But I just can't stand the idea that Teddy Bridgewater might be better, Tim. And Teddy Bridgewater, you said, said a large contract. contract. There are teams that are in quarterback draft time, so he may, be, he may very well be on his way out. But like you said, it could be a situation where he's uh, riding the bench because you're not going to trade for Darnold and sit him. No, no, I, you know, like I said, opening day, I expect Sam Darnold to be in there. But if Sam Darnold looks like he did in New York in any capacity... This is a Carolina team that I thought had a, a shot to make the playoffs. I thought they could push for, well, we don't have 500 anymore, right, Tim, because there's 17 games. So maybe not 500, but I, I think I thought they could have pushed for eight, nine wins this year. I think that they're that talented and potentially that good. You know, if you start losing games, I don't care how secure you think your job is, you're not going to just go down with the ship with Sam Donald. What about, so what the, about Jets? the Jets? This is, where, this it is where it gets interesting, right? If you're a Jets, if you're a Jets fan, fan, again, again a new quarterback, a new, quarterback, a new coach, a new, coach a, new a new GM. You move you up move to up that. To uh, that uh, you're going to have, have, have basically, basically like, you said, like you said. You're going, you're going all in on the second pick is going to be. So who's the quarterback in New York? You know, it's going to be Zach Wilson. And I don't know if I can remember anybody having as much pressure as Zach Wilson's going to have because not only is Zach Wilson going to be compared to Sam Donald his entire career because that is the absolute 100 uh, percent just litmus test at this point it's going to be Sam Donald against what he is if Sam Donald has success well what is this guy doing not only that but Zach Wilson also is going to be compared to Trey Lance Matt Jones and Justin Fields who's being taken after him 
it's a it's a, nearly a, a no win situation here. I mean that that's really what it is for whoever comes in at Zach Wilson. Now I'm pretty sure it's going to be. But here's the thing. Before the year, and he had a great year, and we watched Burrow have a great year. He had a great year. I like Zach Wilson. I like him a lot, actually. Um, but all of a sudden, he's the easy number two. He's the easy number two. Look, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask had better years. No one's mentioned Kyle Trask, by the way. Mac Jones and Kyle Trask had better years than Wilson. I mean, that's just statistically reality. Now, you could say he played for BYU and other players. I get that. If you would have asked any draft analyst... The day before the the final game of the year, all right, who's going number two? They would have told you, I guess I did it. I had them on the show. I had them on Sports Garden Network show. They would have told you, you know what? I think Justin Fields might push Trevor Lawrence. He's definitely the number two. Is there a crazy outside shot that maybe he would go one? And I, I kept defending the Lawrence thing. Look, there's no way. There's no chance Lawrence isn't going. But it was pretty definitive that Fields was two. Then the Trey Lance rumors started. You know I was talking about Trey Lance two years ago, right? I mean, I, I, I thought this kid was phenomenal. And then last year, here we go. Trey Lance, everything. But I didn't ever think he was going to. I did hear from draft analysts that he might go to at the end of the year. Then all of a sudden, Wilson just started skyrocketing. You know how much I like the kid. I was a big, big, big fan. I, I'm on his bandwagon 100%. But he doesn't have a long resume. He's got a lot of pressure there. He still doesn't have an offensive line, doesn't have a lot of weapons. He's almost going into a position of failure. And this scares me if I'm a Jets fan. I think when you look at the situation, situation um, really, really everything, everything ties, ties together, together with, with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson right? So, right? so if he's a boss for two, two years, Tom, it, New GM, new GM again, new coach, right? I mean, this seems, seems to be the same, same cycle, cycle for Jet fans, for Jet fans every, couple, every couple, years. couple years. Yeah, 100%. I mean, with this move, Joe Douglas, maybe maybe you could get away with keeping the coach, but with this move, Joe Douglas just said, I'm putting my entire future in Zach Wilson's hands, or, or whoever he chooses at number two. If he go, Maybe he goes up and, and says, you know, I, I can't imagine they would have gotten rid of Darnold if it was Lance, because everybody to a man is going to say it's going to be Lance uh, needs a year to sit. So I don't think they would have gotten rid of Darnold. They would have just let him play out that final year of a contract and if it was going to be him. Could it potentially still be Fields? Yeah, look, we've seen crazier things happen. Um, I look at the Jets and I, I, I think it's Zach Wilson. So let's just take it where my opinion is it's going to be Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas just said my future in this league is Zach Wilson. Because you don't see many GMs getting fired without success and then getting another GM job. So Joe Douglas may never get another GM job if he picks the wrong guy at number two. That has to make you feel good if you're a Jet fan, though, because he's putting every, he's putting his livelihood on the line that I'm going to get this right. Now, you could get it wrong and still kind of hang around like Ryan pasted with the Bears, right? I mean, you could do that. But you had better have a lot of a lot of leeway there. Chicago's getting a little upset, and I think Ryan Pace is going to kind of be out of a job here soon. Bears fans wanted him gone two years ago. Uh, you have to kind of look at him and say this might be the Joe Douglas era, and it's going to be a short one if he doesn't get this right. And without, and without looking, at, looking the at the crystal ball, ball Tom, you, you said you, you like Zach Wilson a lot. A lot. 
How long is the leash on putting talent around him to succeed, though? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, Zach Wilson's a kind of playmaker. He's got that crazy, you know, ability. The problem is he'll have uh, – he's got a little bit of Josh Allen in him. You know, I know a lot of people have compared him uh, to a lot of guys. I, I see a little Josh Allen in him. And look at what the Buffalo Bills did. They took Josh Allen. They said, we're going to go get you an offensive line. They didn't get him skill position players until last year, and that's when his breakout came. So I'm not worried about this year. You go out there, you let Zach Wilson kind of learn, let him take his lumps, and know, look, he's going to take his lumps. I'm fine with that. Next year, though, you better put some weapons around him. And if you're not going to put weapons around him, I better see one of the best offensive lines, because that's what Buffalo did. I got to see one of the best offensive lines. You're going to get this kid killed if you don't correct that offensive line. Jets' offensive line is bad. Jets' skill players are horrible. Horrible. So, again, we're sitting back and we're, I'm trying to tell you that I like Wilson. I don't think he succeeds in year one. And Tim, I, and Wilson on any other team, I'm going to tell you he's going to be good. Wilson on this New York Jets team, the way that it's constructed right now, in the division that he's in right now, in the conference he's in right now, to me, Tim, we're going to be looking at Zach Wilson in three years, and we're going to either be talking about a very injury-riddled three years, or we're going to talk about, you know, look, we don't really know what we have from him because he never got a shot. Kind of reminds me of Sam Darnold. Yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom Barton, Barton Muggles, 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 Saturday, Saturday night. night. Take a Take time, a time out. We'll come, come back more. more. NFL and talk as we're going to kind of look at the first ten picks in the draft. We're also going to talk about the quarterback change. Another change with the Darnold being moved. Another quarterback will be playing somewhere else the next football season. We'll look at all the quarterbacks that change places and get Tom's thoughts on who came out the best so far. He Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. That right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. This is Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tom Barton and Tim Unglesby. One NFL draft scheduled for April 29th. It's a Thursday night, prime time. And it will extend through the, the 1st of May, Sunday. And, uh, and uh, Tom, I know, Tom, we, I know we, we always we joke, about joke about you coming, you to, coming Vegas, to Vegas, but 2022 is supposed to be in Las Vegas. Vegas. Can I put, Can you, I put down you down for the, trip? for the trip? You know, I was coming last year. Yeah, you know, yes. I, I mean that was that was pretty done and set. So yeah, absolutely, you can. So we I was there. Our, I was coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting you down for 2022. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's in Cleveland this year. Yeah, I'm not going to Cleveland, Tim. <laughs> so we will so do, we will our, do our, our draft on the 25th, 25th on the Sunday, the Sunday night, night show. show. But let's look, but at, let's the look at the top ten. As, As look, there's going to be a lot of talk and changes. changes. But I think, but I think we're, we're, we're set in the top, the top five, five, right? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of tough, though. Uh, right? Because here's the thing. Okay. When we break everything down, Anybody can throw a complete and utter monkey wrench into this thing. Now, you could say that any year, but this year it's totally different. 
we know that Trevor Lawrence is going number one, okay? There's no way Jacksonville could screw this up. But it is Jacksonville. So I'll hold out that 1%, okay, <laughs> right? But let's just say, okay, we know that. The Jets, I'm pretty convinced they're taking Wilson at two. Tim, number three, throws everything off. Because I cannot get a read on San Francisco. And if you talk to 10 different guys, they're going to have five going one way, five going the other way, maybe four, four, and two. The rumors of Mac Jones going to San Francisco are disturbing. It's disturbing on a whole different level. Because forget about the idea that maybe, oh, you don't believe in Mac Jones, Tom. That's not what I'm saying. They didn't have to trade up to three to get Mac Jones. They didn't have to do, give up two first-round picks to get Mac Jones. They could have waited, traded at seven, and probably still got him to Detroit. So for San Francisco to move up to number three, I'd be stunned if they took Jones. But if they take Jones, Tim, that means Atlanta, who already said we're listening to offers, now you got Trey Lance, people moving up for him. Then you have Cincinnati and Miami at 5'6". All of a sudden, they're, well, you know, they're not taking a quarterback. So seven comes up. Now Detroit's in play for somebody that wants Justin Fields. And the guy, Justin Fields, that the day before the championship game, everybody said, you know what? The Jets are taking him at two. He could fall all the way down to seven. Denver's crossing their fingers and saying maybe he could fall to nine. I think this draft has so many variables. So San Francisco at three is the first wait a minute moment because who do they take because if they look if they don't take mac jones at three tim i don't think that mac jones goes until maybe nine at denver then you have atlanta who i fully think are trading out here i I can't imagine that atlanta stays where they are given the idea that washington wants to move up for a franchise quarterback they've been very linked to trey lance denver Moving up from nine has already said they are interested in getting their guy, and it's looking like they're a Justin Fields team. New England still doesn't have their play caller. You know they're on the phone with Atlanta. And look, the Bears took their shot and missed with Russell Wilson. You know the Chicago Bears are sitting there going, you know what? We could still solve this thing if we could move up with Atlanta. So it's going to be the, the highest bidder. I think one and two are relatively set. Three and four, it's got to be the some of the most interesting draft uh, chatter that we've ever had, Tim, because it could go so many ways. I mean, you know, if you really want to keep continue to keep breaking it down, it's not even that. Look, let's go to five. Five is Cincinnati. I said this last year. And I'll say it again here. Hene Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon, is the most talented player outside of, uh, of the generational quarterback that's going number one. If Penny Sewell came out last year, there's a chance he was going number one overall. That's reality. Penny Sewell is a generational talent. But here we go back to my idea that you have to go all in with your guy. Joe Burrow's the guy in Cincinnati. He wants Jamar Chase, and he's not making anybody anybody's decision easy with saying, you know what, we're going to go anywhere but that. If the Bengals really are building around Joe Burrow, he's going to go get his guy and he's going to get Chase, which then leaves Miami at six. Miami is in love with Kyle Pitts, okay? 
picks make sense. They've also been in love with Devontae Smith. They're also in a position where, oh, wait a minute, now they moved back to six with somebody in mind. Did they think that they were getting Penny Sewell? You know, one, two, uh, three, one, two is easy. Three, four, five, six is a complete mess. Let's go back, Let's to, go Jones. back to Jones. The, the, the running the joke running on Jones, Jones, I even sent you a meme, you a meme today. today of, uh, of uh, a couple, a couple in, bed in bed and, and their, backs their backs are to each other. To each other. And, uh, and the female says something, says something to the... To the Says something, says something about, about, he's thinking he's about thinking other about girls, other girls and, and, then he's and then he's thinking his bubble, his bubble says, says the 49ers, the 49ers better, better not take Mac Jones, Jones, right? It's, 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 what is, is, is this a smoke screen, screen here by John Lynch and company, company? Or there's or just something, there's just about, something him about him they like? What have you heard? You know, I hear they like him a lot. And here's the thing, though, Tim. You know, it's not necessarily that Mac Jones isn't a good pick. It's the reality that San Francisco moved up to get here, and they gave up a ton to get here. Did they really believe that Atlanta, Cincinnati, or Miami was going to take them? No. So they could have sat there, traded with Philly at six, or traded with Detroit at seven, and still got Mac Jones. So why move all the way up to number three? I just can't believe that it's Mac Jones with that writing on the wall. This is not a bash Mac Jones situation here. It's just not. But when you look at what the Niners did to go get exactly who they thought, oh, we have to have, we have to have this guy and whoever that guy might be. If it's Mac Jones, this is just a terrible job by John Lynch. And that happens. Look, it could potentially just be a terrible job by John Lynch. He, he hasn't shown me to be that inept at his job, though, where I'm going to believe that he's going to move all the way up for this situation. You know, Mac Jones can succeed there. I look at a situation, though, where Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team, Tim. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not only still on the team. When asked about Jimmy Garoppolo, the company line that John Lynch fed was, Jimmy Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. He gives us the best chance to win right now. Now, Kyle Shanahan went a little bit deeper in his Kyle Shanahan type of Bill Belichick type of way, kind of burying the guy. But he basically said about Jimmy G, look, he gives us the best chance to win when he's out there. You know, I need him healthy when he's out there. What does that say? That says to me that they are saying, you know what? Jimmy G is probably our quarterback next year. So we don't want to say anything too stupid. But let's get Trey Lance. Let's get the project kid Give Shanahan, the offense guru, genius, the project kid, or even to Justin Fields if you think he needs some time. You know, that's the interesting scenario. What gets me about this draft is Trevor Lawrence continues to rise. I don't think he can go any higher, but he's still getting all the, the, the great press. Wilson continues to rise. Trey Lance, oh, people are drooling about him. Mac Jones, all I keep hearing is, oh, how good he is. I told you, I heard both of the Alabama wide receivers give interviews. Who would you rather have at quarterback, Mac Jones or Tua? And they both said Mac Jones, right? The only guy that is consistently falling here is Justin Fields. Now, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Is it because he's a quarterback at Ohio State and Ohio State never has good quarterbacks? They're constantly overrated? Yeah, maybe. Is it because, you know, Justin Fields is a, a, a guy that looked limited at times on the field? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just that the people are in love with the other quarterbacks. But it wouldn't shock me if somebody like Kyle Shanahan fell in love with Justin Fields, 
and was doing a really good anti-Justin Fields campaign just to make sure that the Jets didn't take him. I like Justin. I like Justin Fields, and I like him. I like him. I called him since high school. Like you said, he, like went, you to said, he State, went to Ohio State. Won there. Won there. But, but what Ohio State, what Ohio quarterback, State quarterback has been able to translate, able to translate that, into that into the NFL. Um, for today's, for today's modern, modern offense, offense top, he fits where he checks, a, he lot checks of a lot of boxes. So the first so he, he falls. Yeah, maybe the yeah, money's maybe the different. different but but I, think it's I think it's better for his career long term if he ends up with a team. It's actually going to give him a chance to win. To win. You know, it's funny that you say that because somebody was asking me the other day uh, and we were talking about the draft and uh, the conversation basically was, look, who do you, you know, who do you like as a quarterback here? And I said, look, if, if, if Trevor Lawrence is my guy, he's always been my guy. You guys know that. You know what I mean? He's my guy. I, I, I try to buy jerseys. I, I'm not a big jersey wearer. I like to have them. Trevor Lawrence would be the next jersey I get. I mean, I like this kid. I like everything about him. But if Trevor Lawrence wasn't in his draft, Tim, I'd be taking Penny Sewell number one overall. I, I might take Kyle Pitts number two overall. I mean, that, that's reality. That doesn't mean I don't like these quarterbacks, but they all have a lot of question marks. Which brings me to, somebody said, who do you think is going to succeed the best? And I basically, you know, I took the cheap way out and I said, whoever gets Kyle Shanahan. It, to me, it's not necessarily a matter of uh, what is your skill set today. It's who do you get with. I trust Shanahan more than I do the Jets or Denver in developing a quarterback. And I think that those are the teams that are going to develop a quarterback. And I'll tell you another thing, Tim. Uh, the Bears might be moving up. New England might be moving up. I trust Shanahan better than those two organizations as well at developing a quarterback, which they don't have a history of developing quarterbacks. So, you know, don't give me Brady because I don't think that was a developing quarterback. I think Brady was Brady. So, you know, you look at this and you go, it really is, you're right. Whoever falls into Shanahan's lap as opposed to the teams that he could go to, that's who's going to have the best career. You know, Wilson's going to go too. Can he have a good career? Sure, he could defy all the odds. There's just too much on the inept Jets to tell me that he's going to. Where you're, instead of going there, you could go to Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I think uh, going number three is better than going number two in this situation. So you feel, so you feel, you feel dropping, feels dropping maybe to maybe like Denver, like Denver at nine? I don't think he gets to nine. Okay. And I think that Denver knows that. Because, I look, I got Jacksonville's taking Lawrence. Wilson's going two. Let's say Mac Jones' rumors are, are right. Someone's taking Trey Lance at four. I know Washington has been looking to move up. I think one, two, three, and four are all going to be quarterbacks. I think that there will be some movement there. Atlanta definitely um, is a team that will trade out. If San Francisco, though, takes Trey Lance, teams might wait there. Somebody might trade up uh, like Dallas is now in love with Kyle Pitts and grab Pitts at four. I don't think anyone gets past Detroit at seven. So... The only player that I could see getting out of, of, you know, that nine, getting to that nine spot would be Mac Jones. If, if Jones gets past San Francisco, Denver's going to be left at nine with the option, do you want Mac Jones or not? Unless, of course, like I said, some team like the Bears, Washington, or New England move up. They don't get their, their guy. I see five quarterbacks going uh, in the first, uh, let's see, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Jones, five quarterbacks going in the first nine picks. Tim, you mentioned, you mentioned New, England. New England. Do they continue, Do they continue their, off-season their offseason of, of uh, 
not so much not spending, so much spending money, money per se, per se but, uh, but uh, make surprise, surprise decisions and, and find their way into a quarterback, quarterback here. here. I think they're really, really being patient and waiting here because of what I said, the, the, the variables. I fully believe that they're on the phone with Atlanta, though. And the New England Patriots are picking at 15. But they have a lot of capital that they can trade. I still looked at Cam Newton's contract and I said, this is a backup contract. This is plan B. And, you know, you have a, a quarterback like a guy like Trey Lance hanging out there. Immense, ridiculous, overflowing talent outside of Trevor Lawrence. In any other year, we'd be talking about Trey Lance having the most talent in the draft. Trey Lance is unbelievable. He's got more talent than Wilson. It's just untapped, and he went to a small school, and he missed time with COVID and everything else, right? So you look at a guy like Trey Lance. Who better to learn from than, than Cam Newton and Bill Belichick? Trey Lance makes so much sense. I think we're going to see the New England Patriots be very aggressive here. I don't think I, I know Mac Jones has been connected to them. I don't think that they give up, you know, the farm for Mac Jones. I really don't. And I don't think that they sit back and they turn around and they go, you know what, we're going to give up the farm for Justin Fields. I think Trey Lance is the guy. If he's there at four, that means San Francisco pass on him, the Jets pass on him. If he's there at four, I think that New England might take a shot because they know the upside is immense. The other thing that I want to remind people, and the, the guy's name is completely slip on my mind only because it's almost 2 a.m. here, so I apologize. But the uh, quarterback out of Stanford, it would not shock me to see the New England Patriots, maybe not at 15, but trade back up into the uh, late round one, trade back at you know, 30, 31, and take that kid from Stanford. He's starting to get that, that buzz that all of a sudden he could be pushed into the first round. Yeah, Mills. Yeah, Mills. Yes. Yes. Who, by the way, I, I kept saying, you know what? Watch New England take a, t- a, a guy like a Kyle Trask. And, you know, I said that all year. Watch, watch Kyle Trask fly under the radar. Guy put up insane numbers at Florida. Watch him fly under the radar in New England, grab a guy like that. And, it, you know, that this might be the Mills guy, you know, where New England says, look, we're not getting one of the top four or five guys. We're going to let him sit. Let's develop him under Cam for a year. He's a smart guy coming from Stanford. It makes some sense, Tim. You had mentioned, mentioned that Joe, that Burrow, Joe wants Burrow wants Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Which, which I understand. I understand. But didn't but Joe didn't Burrow Joe miss Burrow time because, time because he, got he got hit so many, hit so many times, times, Tom? Tom? And they didn't, and they didn't they upgrade upgraded the, the offensive, offensive line, line in the offseason. The offseason. They, have they have two good receivers, receivers already. already. Why would you not Why would take Sewell at number five? five? Tim, every week uh, at the Sports Garden Network, I do a little draft analysis. And I have said every single week until this week that Penny Sewell is going to Cincinnati. I spoke to some people I know in Cincinnati uh, that are very close with the organization. And the predominant thought there is they want to make Joe Burrow happy. You know, they, they feel like they could get away with the offensive line as is. They have another high draft pick in, in round two. This is a very uh, deep Offensive line draft, you could get good offensive. Look, I'm a Bears fan looking at 20, and I think one of the top five guys is Ragnow, and you could get him in at 20, 23, you know. You could get him down there. So this is a deep offensive line draft. It wouldn't shock me to see Cincinnati go out there and make their franchise quarterback happy. Go give him Chase. You got Chase, you got Higgins. I mean, all of a sudden, this offense just becomes ridiculously explosive. You still got Tyler, still got Tyler Boyd, too. Boyd too. 
Yeah. Boy, well, Boyd would be the slot guy, and you'd have these guys, these two guys on the outside. You know, I've even heard some rumbling about Kyle Pitts, and you just think about, wow, Joe Burrow with Pitts. Whew. But I, I think this is between Chase and Sewell. I think Cincinnati management wants Penny Sewell, but they're going, you know what? If this guy is the guy that we think he is, if he's our Aaron Rodgers, okay, then we have got to go out there and make this kid happy. So the assumption, so the assumption would be, would be Miami, Miami takes Pitts or, Pitts or Chase. I think I think Pitts or Sewell. And again, Miami, I, I'm sitting here, I, I live in a house with Miami fan, right? And I'm going, yeah, I get the matchup nightmare that Kyle Pitts will be. I don't. It's not lost on me. It's not lost on me with the two tight end sets. It's not lost on me that Tua can't throw the ball downfield, and and getting a big giant guy like him works out well. I get all that, and I know the need for Miami to get a wide receiver to move everybody down. Parker as a two is fantastic. Williams goes to a three. I, I get it all. Tim, you got to protect your property, and your property here is Tua, for whatever reason. Penny Sewell is just being forgotten of how unbelievably dominant this guy is. You know, this reminds me a lot of the Quentin Nelson draft where I was pulling my hair out. And I told you, and I told every listener, for months, if I had the number one draft pick, I would take Quentin Nelson. People said, come on, it's Darnold or it's Baker. I said, I'm taking Wilson. Then Barkley. And I wrote an article here about how, why would the Giants not take Quentin Nelson. And Nelson fell. And he fell, and he watched Barkley and Baker and Donald all go by him. And you know what? Quentin Nelson right now in his short-lived career right that, right now is headed to a Hall of Fame career. Barkley can't stay healthy. Mayfield's got one good year under his belt, and, and, and Donald just was traded. You know, look at all the other guys that was picked in front of him. I think we're going to see a similar thing with Penny Sewell. We're going to be sitting here in five years, and Penny Sewell's going to be the guy. Now... Look, if you need a quarterback, I understand, you know, the, the quarterback conundrum here. But if you're Cincinnati and you're Miami, he, how, how do you pass this kid up? How do you do that? I think he's the most sure thing in the draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, Carolina is just talked about Carolina. Darnold, Darnold protect, protect him. him. If Sewell's at eight, they're, they're sitting there, sitting there with a big, with a big smile, smile on their face. face. That's where I keep seeing a mock, too, and I'm just going, man, you know, it's plus 245 that Carolina makes the playoffs next year. I already liked them before the Donald thing, right? Now you look at new coach that we know is a defensive mindset. They have uh, Chin was fantastic defensive rookie. I thought he should should have been defensive rookie of the year. And he was fantastic. Then you have Donald, McCaffrey, Davis, Moore, Penny Sewell protecting them, and all of a sudden, Carolina, in a division that loses Drew Brees, okay, in a division that, that uh, you know, all of a sudden, Jameis Winston is going to be that guy, in a division with Atlanta, who can't play defense, and Matt Ryan's getting over 36 years old, and in a division that I know, look, Father Time uh, is getting its ass kicked by, uh, by Tom Brady, but let's be honest here, eventually, it's going to win, right? Uh, maybe Brady's got a year or two. Carolina could be setting themselves up for a like a decade of dominance to throw at the Undertaker away, right? Yep. yep. So you have, so you have the, the other three, the other three teams, teams. You have Denver, but they need, but a, they need a quarterback, right? right? Uh, Detroit, Detroit, I would assume, I would assume wide, receiver. wide receiver. And then the Cowboys, then the Cowboys he could possibly, possibly could trade up. up. But they also, but they also need, secondary. need secondary help. Cowboys are going to be in a great spot. 
But I just keep hearing that Jerry Jones is just getting obsessed with Kyle Pitts. And when Dallas starts to get obsessed with something, you know what it's going to be. But Dallas is in a good spot because I think that Dallas is going to have their pick of one of the two cornerbacks, Sertain and, uh, or J.C. Horn. Both of them, Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn, are both coming from a good stock, right? Good blood, NFL pedigree. I think most people like Horn a little bit better. I kind of lean Sertain a little bit. It doesn't matter. Dallas should stay where they are. They should not be moving up for more offense and just go get the best corner. And the Lions? And the Lions? Lions have to go wide receiver. If Jamar Chase is gone, look, they get the Heisman Trophy winner. That's a pretty good consolation. And if both are gone, you go get yourself uh, Weddle, who, uh, oh, by the way, a lot of people thought was actually better than the Heisman Trophy winner on his own team. Okay? There's three. This is a deep wide receiver draft and a deep offensive line draft. Uh, And then, obviously, we're only going to talk about the quarterbacks, right, when this is all said and done. But I think the Lions have to go get a wide receiver. They got rid of Kenny Galladay. Um, They have really no weapons for Jared Goff to throw to. They have to go that. And if it winds up being the way that I have this, where, you know, Jamar Chase goes to Cincinnati, Miami grabs Pitts, Detroit goes out there, they get the Heisman Trophy winner, Smith, Carolina's landing Penny Sewell. Can't believe it or not, there have been 17 17 quarterbacks so far far in the offseason for the NFL. NFL. I'm just going to throw some at your way. Tell me who had the best best signing or or trades. So you have so you Goff, have Goff to, the to the Lions. Bad. You have, you have Fitz, Fitz to the, to the, to the, to the uh, Washington. Washington. Very, Dak, very Dax good. Resigns. resigns. Great move. Jameis, Jameis resigns. resigns. Terrible. Carson, Carson to, the to the Colts. Ah, all right. He'll succeed there. Stafford, Stafford to the Rams. To the Rams. Uh, Which I, is I, the best? Uh, you know, I don't know it, it, it's hard. Look. It's hard because it's situational. Um, the DAC move had to be made. Had to be made. You know, the, the, I get that. So uh, that that had to be done if Dallas wants any chance. Carson Wentz is going to succeed in uh, with Indy. The, the weapons, the indoor, I still believe in Carson Wentz's ability. Um, you, you know, you look around, Stafford going to the Rams is what everyone's going to tell you, Tim. I'm telling you Fitzpatrick to Washington. People are really sleeping on this Washington team. Their defense was the best defense in the league for much of the year last year. Their defense played real well in the playoffs. Oh, by the way, they didn't have Landon Collins, okay, who might be the best safety in the league. Their defense is going to carry them next year. Antonio Gibson was just learning the ropes. Remember, they were slowly working him in. This is a team that they kind of needed that one thing, and Fitzpatrick might be enough to get it. I can't call Fitzpatrick the best signing because he's a very short-term, one-year kind of guy. Uh, But I think that they make the playoffs because of Fitzpatrick. I know everyone's going to say Stafford, man, and I get the Stafford. But guess what? The Rams made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I don't think the Rams are winning the Super Bowl, so I can't go with Stafford here. You know, the, the Indianapolis Colts made the playoffs without Carson Wentz. So unless they go on to beat Kansas City, I have to go by success. I think that I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick because the Washington, whatever we're calling them, um, can win playoff games because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
If it's, if he, it's gets he gets hurt, though, hurt, though it's, Heineke it's Heineke again. Or it's Trey Lance or Justin uh, Fields. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and I will tell you what, look, if they go out there and they get a Trey Lance or Justin Fields, Tim, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has to kind of tutor them again the same way that he did with Tua, I think that the Fitzpatrick move makes makes even more sense. I think it looks even more beautiful to them. Now, the name, the I, name didn't I didn't mention was, was Sean, Sean Watson. Watson. This, this, this is ugly, is ugly Tom. Tom. I mean, you know. Uh, Who, 23? 23? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, he's he he play, right? right? I, I don't think there's any chance he does play now. Um, you you have to look at certain things. I do this with politics a lot. I, I do this with a lot of things in my life. And I go, you know what? I'm silent. And I get called out by people against me on a political basis. And, oh, you didn't talk up about this. You're right. I didn't talk about, up about A, B, or C because I need all of the facts to come in. And I did that with Deshaun Watson. I said, you know what? Early on, one, two girls came out. I'm gonna stay away from the subject. We gotta, we gotta get a minute. Twenty-three women come out, Tim. <laughs> you know, it's time to start listening. And it is. Uh, it's not even time to start listening to. Okay, did they do it or not? That's not my job. Okay, uh, all women should be heard. I think that there's certainly something to this. My job is to talk sports. And I think it's nearly impossible to imagine that Deshaun Watson's going to put on a jersey this year with this hanging over his head. Remember, the commissioner doesn't have to wait for a trial. He doesn't have to wait for somebody to be indicted. He doesn't have to wait for any of that. He proved that with uh, Deflategate, right? He doesn't have to. He proved that with Ray Rice. He proved that with a lot of situations. He could just come here with an iron fist, and he can look at this and go, you know what? This is just bad look for the it, – it's the it's the story. It's the constant story about the NFL. Bad look for the story. Bad look for the NFL. Um, you know, look, he's suspended. And the, sure, he might play 10 games or so, but there, there's going to be some kind of suspension. I'd be stunned if he plays 17 games next year. Where does Where Houston, does Houston sit, though, sit, though, if you really, really look at, at if, if worst case worst scenario, case scenario he's, out, he's out, he's gone. He's gone. Tyron Taylor. It's not like – that's what yeah, I mean. That's it's what not I mean. like it's they, not get, like they this, get this uh, uh, bonus, bonus draft, draft pick. pick you know, they you get know. nothing. So they sign Tyrod in the offseason. You, you know, they, they're they kind of hamstrung in that. It's not like they can trade up, Tom, and, and try to to get one of these quarterbacks because they don't know what's going to happen here. question I had, had posed to Tom was that if the worst-case scenario for Deshaun is that he's no longer an NFL player, where does that leave the Houston Texans? Now, they did sign Tyrod Taylor in the offseason to back him up. He's coming off an injury, as we know, the the mysterious uh, broken rib via the shot in, in uh, L.A. But it's, it, Houston doesn't get any type of extra for losing Deshaun Watson. So you don't want to trade out, trade up and hope that you can grab a quarterback not knowing what's going to happen with Watson. He was already on the trade box, right? And that, forget about that right now. So I think Tommy's right. The best case scenario is he gets cleared, but most likely he's going to miss some time here. So it's just like the, the ineptitude of, of the Houston franchise. This is just like another thing to throw on top of it. And um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy to see, to see that, happen, that happen. But, but look, it's, I'm it's back, like, Tim. You know, I was, I was, I was talking about Deshaun and... and it's not it's like not Houston, Houston gets something, gets something for this, Tom. If he's gone, they're, they're, screwed. They're, they're screwed. You know what? They are anyway. And, and, you know, in Houston's mind, well, we're going through a rebuild anyway. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's almost like one of those situations. I kind of think that they want uh, to have an excuse to get away from Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, that's really what Houston is looking at here. And Deshaun wants an excuse to get away from them. The The problem is, is that no owner in their right mind would trade for Deshaun Watson right now. That's why you, you almost have to wish that this gets settled by the NFL. I mean, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended six games, you don't think New England would still try to trade for him? You don't think that the Bears would still try to trade for him, right? Knowing that, but they don't know. He might be gone for a year. He might he might be going to jail, guys. We don't know how deep this actually goes. That is hanging over them. I think that Houston is not in any kind of, obviously they don't have a first-round draft pick, but they're not in any kind of position to go out there and draft a quarterback. I think they're going to be perfectly fine with Tyrod Taylor. They're in a rebuild. They know they're in a rebuild, and this is just kind of the way that it's going to go. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, uh, you're right. You're right. They don't have any goods, goods to get a first round pick to begin with. No, what? What? JJ Watt's gone. Watson might be. You know, he's clearly in trouble. He might be gone. Fuller's gone. I mean, this is this is a team that if you have a futures play right now, and I saw the futures number at five, I'd be slamming the under on that all day long. This is a team that when you look next year at the number one overall draft pick, Houston Texans might be that team. Tom Bart, Tom Bart Simmons, 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 Sports, Sports, Hour 1, coming to a close. We come back, we come back in hour to talk some Major League Baseball as we are a little over a week into the season. And remember, the 25th of April, Sunday night, is when we will do our Heat Wave Sports mock draft. It'll be Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, and, and Chris Wynn giving you our rundown of the, the big draft, which is the 29th of April for the NFL. Hour two, back after this, it's Heat Wave Sports on Fox Sports Radio.